Hey everybody, happy, uh, happy Philly Pride Day, in fact, uh, and happy Pride Month. This is episode two of uh, Out in the Crowd. I am taking the hosting reins from Austin Duluth. This is Evan Vallella, host of the USL show and Views from the Bridge, among other things. Uh, not about me this week, thankfully. Uh, each week in uh, June, the goal is to put out an episode about another fellow uh, gay soccer supporter. And this week, I'm very happy to have on uh, someone that I think if, if you've followed any supporters group or any kind of soccer and you happen to be in the uh i'm gonna mispronounce it again even though i've had time to think about not mispronouncing it rally or raleigh area raleigh there you uh, go. i got it okay second time's a charm uh that was the lovely voice of uh my favorite name in the in the beautiful game network podcast you might have heard her on on six point weekend as well it's ebony christmas ebony how's it going pretty good uh it's a nice good. bright morning australia's up so. yeah Let's go. Yeah, let's let's get it. I this is new for everybody. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done a podcast this early in the morning. No, me either. But if great, you're on great. Earth, so let's do it. Apologies off the bat for that because that's some nonsense. But you know, we we do what we must, I suppose. Oh, um, <laughs> fair enough. So uh, out in the crowd for for people that are unfamiliar or need a recap. Uh, two things I'm interested in hearing about from other people. One. Uh, how their life uh, impacted it was impacted with soccer, their experience in terms of the LGBTQ plus community and how they found that, and then how those two things kind of intertwined. Uh, so I suppose we'll start with uh, with the soccer, and then for our stick to sports people, they can just toot off after the first half and be done with it. <laughs> um, so Ebony, how uh, you're quite involved in soccer as a supporter. Uh, but I imagine it always, you know, it wasn't always that way. So how did that kind of kick off? How did that get started? Um, so my sophomore year, um, which is 2010, I went to Argentina with my class. Um, 2010 was a World Cup year. Um, I was in Argentina, and it was the bicentennial in Argentina. So my host family and, like, the whole school I was with, they were like, oh, do you follow soccer? I was like, what's that? Um uh, and they instantly were like, "Nope, can't can't happen." Went out, bought a jer- bought a Messi jersey, uh, Argentina jacket. They're like, "You follow Messi in Argentina now," and I'm like, "Okay, sure." Um, got back home, watched some World Cup, uh, saw the men play uh, that Algeria game. I was like, "Okay, this is kind of cool." Um, then 2011 rolled around. Watched the Women's World Cup, that USA Brazil game. I was hooked. It's like sold. I'm your. This is my sport now, and it's been, it's been soccer ever since. <laughs> the downward spiral from there, I suppose, depending on how you're looking at it. Yeah, uh, I hate relationship. Man, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, man, in an alternate world, they were like, "Hey, Sergio Aguero, you follow him now." <laughs> Ooh, well, I don't. And that would have been because then I'd have to be. Oh, I can't. Yeah. Because then I have to be a no. city fan. Yeah, right. No, that's what I was getting. At. Yeah, can't. I'm a I'm no. a Man United fan. I know. Oh, okay. Wow. Oof, yikes. Yeah. This is a bad a bad time to find that out. <laughs> um. Oof. All right. All right. We'll we'll move on. We'll just we'll just pretend that didn't happen. 
Um, oh God, why? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Anyway, so yeah, like you know, obviously those two World Cups, and I, I think in America, or well, this one, um, like the World Cups in general are like a boon in terms of new fans and things like that. So that's always really interesting for me. Um, especially because the women do so much better than the men consistently. Um, but I mean, that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, so then, I mean, what got you involved with, with the domestic game, I suppose? Like, how did that kind of pop up? Obviously, uh, for people that aren't terribly aware, uh, North Carolina FC or the former Carolina Railhawks, I guess, have always had pretty big aspirations and have done well in terms of, you know, having a USL or an NASL club and then having an NWSL team as well, uh, which is great to see. Uh, but that just means there's a, you know, there's a litany of teams and a lot of things for you to follow uh, down in North Carolina. So, I mean, how did that all kind of start? How did you go from only messy to, you know, 18 different things in the States? Um, well, it was more like just a lot of back and forth between, like, Railhawks games, just one off here and there. Um, and then I went and joined TSF. Um, so I was going to a couple more games. Um, but then uh, OCS popped up and I started joining them. And then I've been a season ticket holder ever since. <laughs> and then the Open Cup games that I was watching was like, um, I mean, the Railhawks games I was watching were like uh, Open Cup games where beat the galaxy and then i go to a couple of other games here and there and then i'd watch this play chivas and just right, right. i'd watch this team kind of grow and then once i got with ocs and we went from sitting in the north stand children's section to having our own section in the south stands <laughs> um it kind of just my love for the game kind of just built built and built um and then we got an nwsl team so of course mm. Uh, I got tickets for that too, and it was just right. Just kept it going. Yeah, and and I mean, you yourself have moved up the ladder as far as right, whether you want to or not. Maybe I guess like being super heavily involved with with Oak City supporters and the American Outlaws and things, and like, I mean. Is it a little weird for you to see in in just under ten years, probably, like where you've kind of started in soccer from like these people throw a shirt at me to now like I ride or die like every game? Yeah, it kind of progressed fast, and sure. I didn't I didn't know like, but that's what you were getting into. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't find um, American Outlaws or AO until twenty fourteen. Um, okay. didn't find Oak City supporters until 2015. Um, and now, um, I'm part of leadership for OCS and I'm president of AL Raleigh. Um, it kind of, like, as the sport has grown, so has the level of involvement sure. has, my level of involvement has grown. And that's kind of mm. just pushed me up further into those leadership roles because I want to help lead fans to what i see in this sport so it makes sense but it was also very very fast and that's always a really interesting thing for me too like it feels like anyone that you i don't know if this is your experience but everyone that you talk to as far as like people that have been around these 
USL or like former NASL clubs that have been with them for like a couple like three years or so they're like yeah it's just grown like exponentially and I think it's really interesting where it's like you know people grow kind of like with their clubs in a way yeah or like I actually maybe not even that but maybe it's just like I use years following USL or like following Bethlehem as like touchstones for like developments in my life too like everything's kind of intertwined in the timeline and it's just easier for me to think of of the year i guess is like march to october instead of january to december yeah i don't know but yeah kind of like i like when i go to work and i'm like it's time to put in my work schedule it's like oh but usa plays this day ncs right this right. day i need to be off by five on this day there's right. a mid there's a midweek game like i base a lot of my experiences on what i do in life sure. around soccer now like i kind of do the same thing it's like oh i remember that moment because it was right after right. uh the world cup and we did this and i'm like right yeah yeah for sure it's I, it's just so interesting to me how like i don't know terribly obsessive we are with this that that's what our life is now is that a good thing? It's like, what's your birthday? And you're like, ah, I'm about a, a, right before the window opens. <laughs> like, like... I, I, plan, I plan to work every Christmas for the rest of my life if I get Boxing Day off. So. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, what, are you, what? what? They're like, no, it's all right. Don't worry about it. So how did the uh, – soccer side of things kind of intersect with or if we want to take a step back like how did the whole uh being comfortable with yourself and like being a lesbian and everything sort of start or where did all that kick in and where does it intertwine i don't know i mean however you want to take that but uh you can either start with like where it intertwined or you can just kind of go back through the beginning and we'll pick it up when we get there um i guess well i didn't come out until my senior year of high school which was 2012 okay um right. but the circles didn't really intertwine until about 2014 2015 mm. um so at first they were like mutually exclusive and now it's kind of okay. just like me <laughs> mm-hmm. like that venn diagram looks like a circle at this point right, yeah. right. so i think I'm at that point in my life where everything is just one big circle and I can say um, I'm a lesbian soccer lover instead of right. like putting a period in between those those two things, sure. you know? <sighs> yeah. Um, and I, I, I think it's, it's interesting. Like, everyone's story ever is going to be different and as much as I'd love to, like, I don't know, have a comp- uh, com- compendium, there it is, of, like, every single, like, gay soccer fan story. Uh, I, I can't do that at all the time. Uh, so I'm lucky to get, you know, the perspectives I can do. Um, I mean, how was it for you coming out and sort of finding your, your footing in that, um, which I know can be, you know, there's 800 different answers. Um, and then when did you sort of start to move that Venn diagram closer to together? Um, so I really never, you, you never really fully come out 
like to me. Um, I came out to my mom, um, and then that was like probably the scariest thing ever. Um, and then I had to come out to my dad. Um, and then kind of just like, as I did that, I was more, I was more free to kind of like express myself a little bit more as who I was. Um, but those circles didn't like, like it was, like I said, uh, the circle didn't really start to like intertwine until like about 2014, 2015, um, when the men's world cup happened and I found, um, AO and then I was getting ready to go to Canada for the world cup. Um, and then I found this other group of soccer fans who also were, who happened to have a lot of LGBTQ members in it. Um, and that's when it really started to intertwine, um, and they kind of like showed me that you can still love the beautiful, you can still love this game and be out and not have to worry about it, especially within the women's soccer community. Um, so that kind of helped push me along too. Yeah. And do you think that like having a women's, I mean, not that it, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but like did having a women's side in you know locally like help you at all or was it just kind of these people are just taking me in regardless and that's all that i care about uh, so the the actually the the women's side group was actually not from north carolina um huh. yeah they're they're actually like from all over the united states so we just happened to like when we talk like when you're online and you're talking about the game yeah. the women's soccer community is so small um, yeah. It feels like it's so small that people instantly are like, "Yeah, let's talk." Let's <laughs> right? Yeah, like who cares what you are, women's soccer. Yeah, so like there's yeah. there's someone from Kansas, and I know from Texas and California that were in this group in Portland and Seattle that were like part of this small group, um, mm. and it was really cool to see that like we could be from all over the United States and helped sure. each other help like, well, they kind of helped me more than I feel like I helped them, but mm. uh, that we could talk about it and they could help me even if they don't realize it, like express who I was. Sure. So. And that's something really interesting I found about the gay community is that we kind of all go, Hey, like, if you want to hang out that's cool like like it's not um especially like over the internet and think like sometimes i feel like a lot of people um because like that story where it's like finding your sort of voice and things through the internet is quite similar to mine um as anyone that's met me in real life as opposed to online can attest to i'm a, I'm a bit more reserved um but like it's it's a lot of like yeah you know just like be yourself and it's cool and I think that's just like so massive. And if you can find something like that in real life, especially if it's, you know, through something else where the primary focus isn't necessarily on you as an individual, like that's that's also massive. Yeah, it's it's a bigger like the online community is bigger, but it feels so much closer. Yeah. And I feel like we make I make a lot more connections online than I do in personally, um, but kind of helped me personally like in real life some of my other cool like friendship connections sure sure well because i mean you're very um 
I, like upfront about about everything. Oh, yeah. uh, now, and I mean, I'm sure that was different, and that's natural in a way. Um, but did I mean did the online presence help that? Was there a point where you're kind of like going up the ladder, quote unquote, at OCS and AO, where you're like, listen, it's, it's you know, I I just have to be out with it because it's the only way I'm going to feel comfortable here or what was kind of that thought process for you? Um, the, I, I would say the online presence definitely helped me with like being who I really am in real life. Um, because like I'm very, like I'm very open, I'm very direct. Um, mm. so I can't be that online and then not be that same person in real life. Sure. Um, so if I was going to direct the conversation that way online, I had to direct that conversation that way in real life. Um, mm. So every like when I got to AO and when I got to OCS, everyone knew who I was. Like um, new to the sport, but I'm also gay, and this is who I am. Yeah. And everyone was just kind of like, "Okay, cool. Do you want a beer?" And <laughs> <laughs> So it was, it's just kind of like, you can't be, like, the internet is great, is famous for being, like, quote-unquote fake, um, but at the same time, it also helps you create a real identity for yourself, because if you can talk a big game online, but then you can't back it up in real yeah. life when people meet yeah. you, then it's kind of pointless to do, to, yeah, it's, I, it's pointless, like, you can't be your true self and yeah and have that type of i don't know how to describe it like persona can't create persona to be who you really want to be no well and and that's one of the like easiest things to sniff out if you're another person like if someone brings that kind of bravado or whatever online and then you see them in person, and they're like, you know, in a corner being a wallflower. You're like, oh, wait a minute, like that doesn't, <laughs> like that doesn't add up. Like, yeah, no. So I, I totally understand, and and I think it is really interesting that like you, I don't know, got a, we're in a we're in a space where you were able to find out who you were, and then, you know transition that to real life interactions because i think that's really important too because there's a lot of you know quote-unquote work that goes that goes into that because it's not easy to kind of you know grow up or, or have so many years under your belt where you believe one thing and then just kind of you know realize that that's not who you are and then you have to kind of rebuild and all, and all that stuff um which is you know i think a big part of why stuff like this or or whatever can be helpful for for other people to go hey like i did that or you know it's okay to not totally figure it out once you come out like it's a it's a process it's it's a long process like um someone told like you see it online all the time but like i've had someone actually tell me you never fully truly finish coming out to everyone because you have to explain it every day um, I mean, it's 2019, so you really don't have to as much anymore. But um, there are a lot of people that still don't understand it. Um, yes. So to have that, to have that type of community behind you that can help you with it is really cool. For sure. And speaking of, um, you know, there's a there's a lot of this year. I think more than 
ever, at least that I've seen, there's been a lot of cynicism in the community about, um, you know, like commercialization of, of pride. And I, I see where people are coming from, but it's still really cool to me to like go into Philly and be like, wow, look at all these gays <laughs> that are just like having a good time. Like that's, I don't know, like that'll never not be special to me. And I don't know if that's just like me being romantic about it or, or finally finding something to not be super cynical about or both. But um, I think where I agree with the complaints is in soccer and especially with, MLS going for the soccer is for everyone tag um, that sort of feels like it's trying to do too much and sort of the, um, oh man, this is a terrible, well, like the all lives matter sort of thing where it's like your intention is like, I, I see what you want to say, but that's not what you're saying to people that are in that community. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, yeah, soccer's for everyone, which means that we're included, but, like, also, the rainbow's there for, like, a purpose, and it would be cool if you just let us have, like, four games where it's like, yes, be gay, it's great, you're here, it's a community, like, it's fine. Yeah, that, um, I, I completely understand, because, like, that, that campaign is, like, always kind of throw me off, because it's not, yeah. it's, you say soccer's for everyone, cool, um, I think one of the best analogies I've ever heard was um, uh, is one about breast cancer. Um, when we do like breast cancer awareness, and everyone's mm. like, "Well, all cancers matter," and we're like, well, "Yeah, well, we understand that." Um, right. But right now, we're focusing on breast cancer. We have months for all the other ones too, and we have dates sure. for all yeah. the other ones too. But right. let 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 them have that one day. And then we can yeah. go back to all the other ones. It's kind of like that. It's like, yeah, soccer is for all, but you have rainbow warm-up tops. And you have – LA had – LA hand-painted rainbows yes. onto their nets because they couldn't get someone to just sell them wow. to. But you threw in soccer is for all. And, or, right. and I'm like, can't we – like, I just want a day. Like, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Like, I'm glad there's a whole month, but – like, can you yeah. can you know if you wanted to separate the four games in June into like a Pride Day, yeah, like another day for whatever cause you're going for, but like oh, that's yeah. cool. But at least say, like that's for Pride. You'd still say right. yeah, it's right. it's frustrating um, because, like you said, like uh, there's a lot of businesses that are commercializing Pride, um, including MLS. Um, because like they say soccer's for everyone, but then they sign a deal with Chick Fil A, right? And right. Then, yeah. And then they say soccer is for everyone, uh, but can we not include Nazis? I mean, right, right. You know, yeah. it's well, they paid money too, yeah, so I, yeah. I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's. I don't know. It's. Like there are some companies that I'm just like, uh, I don't believe you, um, so I'm gonna hold off. But there, there are companies that are starting to see like celebrating pride and the people that are a part of it is better than yeah. listening to the people that hate it because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Well, because gays are a lot sassier and more creative. Yeah. So, like, if you don't do a pride thing or whatever, like, you're you're just going to get a lot of really good clapbacks on the internet. Like, you don't want that. Oh, the internet's forever. You you don't want that rap. Yeah. So. And gays save receipts, too. Like, straight people aren't smart enough to screenshot yet. Oh, true. True. So, like, you know, if you tweet out something, we're, it's already saved. Yeah. It's there. You're done. <laughs> Canceled. Uh <laughs> So after being cynical about it, I do think somebody uh, who I talked to recently is doing a really good job. And I think there is clubs that do a better job than others. But I will give a shout out to Austin Deleuze for being way too apologetic about being a straight guy and doing playing for pride. Um, but like, you know, that's one where I'm like, that really gets it, you know, not to big him up. But I mean, this is this is a, a little bit of a uh, collab with playing for pride. So. You know, it would only make sense to put them over, but um, it's really cool seeing what they're doing, and then it's also really cool seeing how many players, independent of their clubs, have been like, "Yeah, I want to do that." It's so cool to see how how much playing for pride has grown over the years. Yeah. Um. Oh, it's it's a cause like dear to my heart because it's sure. super cool to see that a local quote-unquote local guy, even though he's way forest, um, is stepping up in a major way. I mean, he's got players from everywhere that are just yeah. like, yeah, I'm in, this is dope, let's just do this. We're going to, like, there are players that are in every, I think, every league in the United States. Every I believe. Yeah. Yep. It's, yep. That's really cool. That means you've reached MLS players, NWSL players, other USL players. NPSL, right. League right. One, yeah. International too. That like, that was always that one blew my mind. Maybe as much as like Ico Para or Jeremy Ebabise or like you know the big MLS names. Yeah. Where it's like there's guys from Minneapolis City. Yeah. That like we know do not make enough money to like. Be not donating five dollars a goal and six dollars right. a start and right like there's some like that is not numbers. a <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's really really uh heartwarming and I, I i think it is made better because we know that it's not teams doing this yeah. uh that being said if someone wants to tell the first team guys to philadelphia union that that's happening um you know it could do <laughs> Uh, the crazy I'm, thing I'm is, little, uh, yeah. last year, Utah did it, like, the Utah organization. Yeah, so, yeah, and, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they're like, oh, so. we have so many players doing this, why not just make a <laughs> month of playing right. for Pride? I was like, that's insane. Cool. I think Utah yeah. has, like, eight players on the list. That's crazy. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, I think they're second to North Carolina, naturally. Yeah. Um, but... And I guess, is there anything that, I, it, we'll, we'll do it this way, uh, I guess that was our little celebration of cool gay things happening in soccer. Uh, is there is there any area that you yourself really want to try to improve or, or hone in on in the next couple of years as far as inclusivity? Oh, man. I know that's a really easy question, <laughs> so I figured I'd, I'd end on that one. Um, I just want to see more like it sounds weird to say seclusion um because it should be 
like we know soccer is for everyone yeah cool but it should be more secluded to um but let me show you why the lgbtq community has grown so much in this sport and they deserve their their own tagline yeah. i think that's it's not i don't even know, like i guess seclusion is the right word but it's more like just let us focus on it giving it yeah. back to the community yeah. maybe yeah like that's what i want and better merch <laughs> i think you can do a lot of dope things with a rainbow on some yeah. merch and i think can, i'm i think we can tap into that i'm i'm very excited to see they're coming they're on their way but the the phoenix rising training top is mine and uh i got one of four madison's pride shirts oh see i didn't see that in time i didn't i know i i almost didn't it was funny because i was like hey like let me know when they go on sale like you know honestly and then they they didn't and so i saw it like three hours after i was like sure can i get one of these and i i I came off for me so it worked out but yeah no it was yeah, if I if I want something, tell me that it's there. I'll, just I'll grab it. Slap a rainbow on just about a lot of logos, and I'll buy yeah. it. Yeah, that's literally what I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, um, I mean, I was I bought the pride the the playing for pride scarf, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was a fun collaboration. Um, yeah. I got the OCS shirt, and yeah. and um, also I have like a bunch of stuff that I'm buying, but... Yeah. Trust me, anyone that looks at my at my scarf wall, I got the OCS. Nice. I've got a, I've got a uh, Timbers Army Pride. Ooh, nice. And I've got a, uh, a Pittsburgh Riverhound Steel Army Pride. So, literally, if you put a rainbow behind or on or around something, I'm gonna... uh, it'll, it'll end up back there. <laughs> Basically. Give me, I want a pride jersey. I want pride numbers. Just give me, give me. Yeah. Give me the things. Yeah. No. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, Ebony, I appreciate the time. Yeah, no problem. It's uh, it's been, it's been enlightening, hopefully entertaining for people. Okay. We'll find out. We'll find out. Um. Uh, Austin did a great job in not having a tagline, but he's not a podcast host. He's a professional soccer player, so um. I understand him not doing that. Before we get out of here, uh, I will plug uh, Playing for Pride. Go find those guys out at Playing for Pride on Twitter. Uh, I would uh, say their website, but it's a, it's a weird like event raiser thing, so it's not easy to say. Um, you can also check out the show that this will come out on uh, at theuslshow.com. Check out Ebony's podcast, Six Point Weekend. It's good stuff, if you're ever wondering. Uh, they do a Petey Pablo intro, so like if you miss Petey Pablo or are not aware of Petey Pablo, go listen to that. Um, Ebony, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, I believe my Twitter handle is EbonyC25. I think, yeah. Correct. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, uh, if for whatever reason you want to hear more or, or, or see more of me, uh, at Speak Evan Speak. Um, but definitely go, go get in touch with, with Ebony. It was her story this week. So, uh, shout out to her. Uh, anything else I want to say before we get out of here? Uh, no, just thanks to the Beautiful Game Network and Podcast for allowing me to do this. Thanks for playing for Pride and Austin Toulouse for thinking of this. Um, it was a really cool idea. I'm glad to be able to give voices to people in the community, uh, both of them, the soccer one and the gay one, so that's been really exciting. And uh, we'll be back at you next week. I'll try to tweet out who we're having on before uh, before I sit down with them, just for my benefit. But uh, 
until then, uh, I guess there's really only way, only one way to uh, to end a, a gay theme podcast, and that is with a quote from Mama Ru, RuPaul Charles. <laughs> uh, and I will just say that if anyone out there, uh, if you don't know how to love yourself, how the hell you gonna love anybody else? Can I get an amen? Okay. Yes, yeah, thank you very much, and uh, we'll see everybody next week. Yeah. Bye.